Hello and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you are tuning in, and hope that you would be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Amen. Well, we are in week two of our Relationship Playbook series. I'm so excited. So excited to continue to share with us this morning. A couple things before I go into the Word. One, grace and peace be multiplied unto you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm so glad to be with you this morning. Number two, men, I want to see you this Wednesday for our men's group, Transform Men. We've been having some good conversations, some real conversations, and so I want you to be there. Uh, I think it'll do you some good. Amen. Doing us all some good. The level of transparency uh, is also great. Also, keep our church family in your prayer. Um, one of our uh, brothers, he lost uh, his mother transition and went on to be with the Lord. Our brother Sam, his mom, and so keep him in his keep him in your prayers. Uh, we are church family, so keep him in your prayers. Um, that our hearts are with him. Uh, we've been talking with him. We've texted with him, and uh, he was just saying thank you for the, the prayers and uh, and the support. And so, just in your time of prayer this week mention him in your prayer for him and his family that God will continue to comfort them during this time it's never easy losing a loved one so please continue to um, keep him in your prayers him and his family amen last week I talked to you from the subject the origins of relationship and last week I did, uh, took the time to lay the foundation of how that God is ladies and gentlemen the ultimate authority when it comes down to relationships all right and so we laid the foundation on that on this past Sunday and uh, I want to move forward in in that for a second okay um, now we're taking this time to really talk about you know taking this time to deal with relationships and we want to be able to navigate because we as believers should be navigating our relationships in a unique and distinguished and they should be unique and distinguished because ultimately everything we do should be for the glory of God ultimately and so in this message series, we're going to, God has given us a playbook as believers to have healthy, successful relationships that will honor him. Say, so ultimately, your relationships are caused to honor God. So honor God. Amen. And that's what we want to focus on. And so before we, before we get into the message today, well, not in the message, you know, we're going to do a message today and called Why Wait? Or we can phrase it, why should you wait? All right. And so today I'm going to have a very, uh, like I said, very in-depth conversation. And hopefully we we can come together, and, you know, have some real conversation. Amen? Amen. We're going to keep it as PG-13 as possible because we have children in the room. God bless them. But what better place to learn than here? Because the schools are going to teach them and they teaching some real messed up stuff. So... What better place to hear it from here? From me. All right? In the household of faith. But we're going to have a real conversation. Amen. So why, why, why wait? Now, you thinking that this is solely about a sex conversation. No, that's not solely it. It's in there, but it's not fully. You have that. The other aspect we have is why wait to live together? That's another thing. Then the other aspect is people are so busy, they want to be in a relationship but they, they're, they're rushing. 
You know, they, they you know, they're eager to be in one. So any red flags you see, you don't really mind it is is if you could deal with it. And so you try to conjure up something in your mind like, oh, you know, I, I think I could do it. You know, no, you can't. <laughs> you can't. You try to come up in your mind like, no, oh, it ain't that bad, is it? No, it is that bad. It is. It is. How many of y'all, I'll throw myself out there too, amen, before I met my wife, amen. But how many of you, you know, in a season of life, you're a little lonely and, you know, anything, your eyes start looking good to you. And then that wasn't good, you know. You wouldn't even talk to them on a normal day. It's just in you, you just... I guess she looked good in another light today, you know. Maybe I could give it a try. You know, he does look different. No, it's just that. No, that's not it. All right? That's, that's, that's not it. Amen. So let's deal, you know, let's continue to deal with this. So let me give you some reasons why people don't wait. And this, as it pertains to... Um, marriage or well give you reasons why people do not wait as it pertains to um as it pertains to living together and all of those things because it's 2023 and so people like man this is a different this is a different time you know what i mean why should we do all of that for so let's let's let me give it to you this way number one Here's why. Here's a couple of reasons why. And you know, people, you know, talk to me like, Pastor, this that Bible is out of date. You know, God needs to update. No, it's not that God needs to update. Man needs to get with God. But you know, it's neither here or there. And I don't say this to judge anybody or anything like that. So we, it's just really, it's just real talk. Number one, living together before marriage is like a trial period to determine if you are compatible or if you just, or if you should get married. That's how people do it. Like they live together or they, you know, do certain things, you know, before they get married to see if it's compatible. You know, that's one. Number two, another reason why things that I heard, things I've just said, barbershop talk, you know, all that good old stuff. If you live together before you are married, your marriage will be easier since you're already used to living with the person and you'll have a less chance of getting a divorce. I've heard that. You know, the funny thing about that, that statement was, is that actually the statistics say, according to psychology today, that premarital cohabitation still appears to be a risk factor for divorce. And the odds of divorce were 1.31 times higher for women who cohabitated and men who cohabitated prior to marriage. Hey y'all, my name is Boomi, and I would like to invite you to go ahead and download our TCF app if you don't already have it. If you do have it, just know we have some new updates coming for you. You'll be able to connect with us, gain access to our exclusive content, see our live experience and sermons. You'll have access to this app in either the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. Don't miss out. And remember, transformation starts here. Number three, the other thing that I've heard, if you love each other, but you uh, but are still unsure if you want to get married, then it's okay to live together without being married. Wow. That's when I heard. Like, it was like, you know, Pastor, like, you can still love the person, but you ain't sure yet, so you take that time to want to know. I was like, well, then, then I don't think you're really committed. You're still trying to figure it out. I don't think you need to be doing that. Yeah. All right? I don't think you need to be doing that. Well, 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 let's keep going. This is a couple of reasons here. You know what I mean? Number four, if you live together before marriage, you'll get engaged and married sooner. 
That ain't true. That ain't, you know, that ain't true. The old folk used to say, why buy the cow when you can have the milk for free? Huh? If you're already getting milk, what you need to buy the cow for? This is a good deal. What's up? I'm not saying it's right, but I'm just having a conversation with you. You know, that's why, you know, why? Other aspect of it is, is that for some, that, that's not going to get you married sooner. That actually may prolong things for you. Yeah. Because you're already, you know, people feel as though, like, since we're already doing this, we're, we're typically married. But the truth is, you're not. Number five, finances. Oh, this big one here. Pastor B, inflation is high, man. Let's live together. Let's split the bills. Make it easier for us. That's another reason why people live, you know, live together, you know, do certain things prior to because of finances. Saving money by not paying double rent is a good enough reason to live together before marriage or something. I've heard that said to me before. Like, but Pastor, like, listen, easy on the mortgage and the rent, having somebody doing it together. You know what I'm saying? The only problem is, is that when things go south, how does things get worked out? You get what I'm saying? Like, how does things get worked out if things go left? You know, if you get yourself into a rental situation or a mortgage situation, that's just as messy as, you know, when people talk about divorce. I'm just saying. Something to think about. Lastly, and this is the one I've heard a lot. This is the one that I heard. This one takes the cake. We don't need a piece of paper to define our love. That's when I hear like, man, that marriage ain't nothing but a piece of paper. It don't determine our love. No, it don't determine your love, but it affirms it. Yeah. yeah. Your love is not determined. Here's the thing that people have to understand. Marriage is not bad. And, the, and out here, ladies and gentlemen, people are making it seem like marriage is the problem. Like if we've been with, with, with one another for such a long time that marriage is the issue. Marriage in itself is not the problem. That's right. It's people that are the problem. Amen. Are you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Marriage is just like any, any is marriage is an institution that God has placed. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And who makes up an institution? People. For any, listen, church, polit, government, all of that, it's people. people. People make up those things. It. It's not that having law and government is wrong. Right. It's not that having a church or being in church is wrong. It's that some people are bad apples that corrupts it. That's so marriage in itself is not bad. Marriage in itself is good, and that's why God created it and put it in place. That's because marriage and union between two, a male and a female, that union is special. Yeah. Yeah. And, what they, and it's sacred and, and it's holy to God Amen. for what you're able to do. Amen. 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 So the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, these are some of the reasons why people say like, hey, I don't need to get married. I don't need to. We can cohabitate. And then the other aspect of it is now people... You know, and this is no shade to nobody or anything like that. I'm just telling you, I was watching this show on HBO Max. It was a reality show. My, my, my brother and my sister got me to watching this show. And on this show, I forgot the name of the show. 
But, but on the name of the show, don't go watch it because you ain't gonna be like, Brent, that's Brent watching this ratchet. <laughs> you be watching Love and Hip Hop. I know you do. <laughs> the Housewives of Atlanta. I know you be watching. Come on. So I was watching this show, and the dude, he wanted a kid. And people are so pressed that people now are one, they're doing the opposite. They want children first. And then, you know, marriage is somewhere on the table, if my it God, is. You know what I mean? And so what we do is we we bring kids into a situation that is that is already not good. You know what I'm saying? That we don't know what we're doing. You know what I mean? That's why God put boundaries on this thing because of how powerful it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why God has instituted certain things. So let's get into the real reason why God has created everything within a boundary. You get what I'm saying? Let me, let me help me understand something that all of us were created for intimacy. Yeah. All of us were created for community, meaning that it's not good for us to live alone. You know what I'm saying? That means all of us have a longing for some type of companionship. It don't even have to be intimate, but all of us have a longing for some type of companionship because you need companionship. But I'm going to get into now, like far as on an intimate level and really have a conversation to you about sex and be real in the room. I personally feel and this is not I like what Pastor Dom said. I'm not here to jump on what the church does and what has not done. But I do feel like we have not done a good job on really educating our people about sex. And I feel like we've done a job of telling tell you it's bad and it's bad. And then when people do it like that, Reverend lied to me, Doc. (laughs) He didn't lie up in this church to me. Come on in here. They lied. Because when you partake, brother, I don't know what he was talking about. The lies you tell. And then when people have it, it's like, Listen here, brother. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, but I don't hear what you're saying. Amen. Because you, because we try to tell you when people are trying to push holiness and they try to do all of that stuff, they don't do it with the proper context. First of all, and then what happens is, is that you take the power of sex out of God's hands and you allow the world to try to determine it or try to tell you what it's like. Because let me tell you something. This joint is good. I don't know what you're talking about. And it is. Sex is a beautiful thing. It's very beautiful. It is great. It is awesome. It is something that God created for the purpose, uh, uh, for various purposes, and that I'm about to get into get into in just a moment here. But you have to understand that God created it. That's right. That's one. It was meant to be enjoyable. But you have to understand that along with it, it's so powerful because of who made it. That sex is more, let me tell you something. I know people don't believe that while you feel a natural feeling, amen. It's way more, it's more spiritual than it is physical. It's the truth. It's way more spiritual than it is physical, though you feel physical pleasure. Amen. Amen. Just being honest. I'm not trying to lie up in here in this church. I'm trying to give you it on a on a biblical place so that you can have a right mindset about it so that you ain't out here trying to, well, I know it's good, so there ain't nobody telling me it's not. 
You know what I mean? I'm not telling you it's not because then you go out there and you get tempted and then like, Reverend, we need to talk. You're not going to have that conversation with me. You know what I'm saying? That's to all my children, all everybody, I don't care how old you are. It's the truth is the truth. What I'm trying to tell you is, number one, you have to understand the reason why it is powerful and the reason why I want you to understand this is that, one, it was meant for procreation. It was meant for procreation, meaning that God tells us, God told them in the very beginning, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and the livestock, all wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Now, let's get further in. Verse 27, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and who? Female. He created them. Then here we go. Then God blessed them and said, what? Be fruitful and multiply. What did he say? Be fruitful and multiply. That means go go ahead, be merry. Have sex. sex. Do what you're going to do, amen. Amen. And do it fruitfully and multiply the earth. That's what he said. So God put this in place. That number one, he created male and female, created in the boundary of marriage, and then tells, tells them, be fruitful and multiply. Do your thing. Amen. Multiply the earth. Amen. Let your seed be blessed. Amen. And covering it, rain over the fish, of the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry around the ground. Have dominion. You know what I'm saying? I put it in this boundary for a reason. See, everyone thinks that what God creates, you have to understand that it's the enemy that tries to twist what God has created. God, there's a lot of great things that God has created, but the the enemy has twisted it and has has made it, has has tried to, uh, 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 how the best way to say it is to try to um, pervert the things of God. You know what I'm saying? To try to pervert the things of God, and you have to understand that. And so the reality is, is that, number one, it was made for procreation. Number two, let's get into this. It was made for consecration. Consecration. Here's what the Bible says. Hebrews 13, 4 says, Give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. Now, let me pause right here because there's another idea that's out here that all men cheat. There's another idea out here, ladies and gentlemen, that who just needs one? That, ladies and gentlemen, that a monogamous marriage is starting to look like it's fading because people want to open up to everyone else in the group. I'm just being honest. Can we be real? You look at social media just like I do. You know us out there just like I do. That everyone's open. Who needs it? If we just communicate to one another and say, hey, I'm sleeping with that person, where's the faithfulness? There's this idea that's out here. The reason why people are falling away from marriage is because when marriage happens, when people get married, then all of a sudden people say people change or people say all of a sudden that no one can be faithful to just one person for the rest of their life. You understand that marriage is supposed to symbolize how God is to the church. And while we, ladies and gentlemen, can be rebellious, God is still faithful to us. God ain't divorce you. Even, even when you do what you're doing. 
God is still married to you and committed to you, even though sometimes we're not as committed to him. And that is to show us, let me tell you something, that's why marriage is deeper than physical. It's a spiritual aspect of it so that you can understand that how God is to, you know what, man has an important role. Men has an important role. And he said, love your wife as Christ. Love the church. That means you got to love her. Even when she getting on your nerves. You got to love her. This is showing you the discipline of being committed and faithful to one individual. When people talk about they can't be faithful to one, it is to show that they are lazy. They are lazy. You are not willing to work. You are not committed. You're not faithful. You get what I'm saying? So the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, that there is honor in marriage. And there's honor when you remain faithful to one another. God surely will judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. So you understand it's for consecration. Consecrating, this this thing is set apart. The reason why marriage is instituted to separate those who are single from those who are not. Newsflash, I don't care. You a boyfriend, girl, but I don't care. You just single until that ring is on that finger. We need to be talking about are we heading to marriage? And if not, we might as well stop the train right here. Ha, a midnight train on the way to Georgia. <laughs> I love me some Gladys Knight. Amen. So I'm just saying, we got to be honest. So it's made for consecration. Here we go. Number three, it's made for recreation. Hallelujah. It's made for your enjoyment, your pleasure. That's and I'm talking about the pleasure of both of you. That's to those of you who are married in the chat and those of you who are in the room, it ain't just about you. On, you can't be selfish. Got to be about both of you. On, I'm not trying to get all mother because we got children in the room. If we didn't, we'll have another conversation later. Amen. I'm trying to help somebody. It's made for recreation. When you were in the room, you it's not about we putting on no gospel music in here. Huh? Saying holy, holy Lord, God Almighty, that ain't how it work. Come on in here. <laughs> you better put on some Luther Vance. <laughs> <laughs> and let me get this party is die. Come on, now. Come on, let's be honest. Yeah. Don't be don't, don't don't try to act all don't don't do that in this house in here this morning. Come on. Come on. TCF, we here, we gonna give it real and wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the truth. Made for recreation. How do I know this? The Bible talks a lot about oh, this. Proverbs 5, verse 15. Drink water from your own well. That means don't be trying to drink water from another man's or another woman's well. You got your own. Drink of it. Huh? That's what the Bible says. I'm showing you what it says. Share your love with what? Only who? With your wife. Not your side piece. Huh? Not the sneaky link as they talk about in these days. He said, with your wife. Share your love with her. 
Here we go. Then he says, why spill the water of your springs in the streets? This is what the Bible says. Y'all didn't know it was in here. Y'all didn't know it was in here. It's in the good book. See, y'all talk about the Bible outdated. Let me tell you something. Solomon had sneaky leaks, and he's telling tell his son, you don't need to be out here with anybody else. Trust me, your daddy did it. It's not cool. I'm trying to tell you, Solomon had plenty of women. Sneaky links for sneaky links. Plenty of women. Solomon trying to tell his son, listen, don't spring your, don't spring your water out in the streets. What Solomon is saying in today's urban context is this. Don't be for the streets. See, it's right here in the book. It's right there. It's right here in the book. He's having sex with just anyone. Don't do that. Don't be for the streets. Don't spill the water. Look at somebody say, don't spill the water out here in these streets. Don't spill the water. What he says, you should reserve it for who? Yourself. Never share it with who? Strangers. When you step out, you're bringing strangers along in your room. People don't understand that. You're bringing strangers. When you step out of a committed relationship, you're bringing strangers into that house. You're bringing other bodies into your into the bond that you're supposed to be with. I'm being honest. Listen, let me, let me tell you a reason why sex is more spiritual than because I know I heard one person say the church tell you about soul ties. There's no such thing. You a liar. See, and that's a demonic thing to make you think it ain't real. Because the reality of the matter is, is that even before you get married, you need to divorce yourself to those ties. And if you don't divorce yourself to them ties, you'll be praying memory things when you're with somebody else. Huh? Going down memory lane, trying to compare. Well, they weren't like such and such. I remember the other one they used to flip me around and turn. All that stuff like that. Come on, be honest. Be honest in the room. Huh? You start going down memory lane. She, I don't know. <laughs> you start playing that stuff in your mind. It's real talk. And when you you invite you you have strangers, strangers. That's why it's more spiritual than anything because you're inviting strangers into your body, connecting yourself with strangers. People have one night stands. A stranger. And then you're trying to re wonder why am I thinking certain things? Because you're connected to a stranger. Anyone that's not married to you is a stranger. I don't care if they're your boyfriend or girlfriend. They are a stranger. In your mind, you better have stranger danger right there. Just stranger danger. You don't know what's connected to that person. You don't know what spirits they didn't connect themselves to. And that's how spirits transfer. You don't understand. People do spirits do transfer in sex. That's a part of the. When God tells us that a man will leave his, it's for this reason that a man will leave his wife, leave his mother and father, and cling to his wife, and then a woman will leave their mother and father and cling to their husband. When that understanding that part of cleaving, that means is that part of marriage. Well, let me let me hold on. I'm going to get to it. I'm rushing. Let your wife be the fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. Rejoice. That, don't, that means rejoice through sex. 
She is a loving, dear, graceful doe. Let her breast satisfy you always. May you always be captivated by her love. That's the book. That's That's what the good book says. Why be captivated, my son, by the immoral woman or fondle the breast of a promiscuous woman? Said, be careful, brother. I've done it. It's messed me up. Don't do it. That's what Solomon's trying to tell his son. Don't do it, man. I've done it. Don't do it. But here's the idea, though. Consummation. The two becoming one. Back to what I was saying. When you leave and you cleave, that cleaving is more than you just holding hands. When you guys consummate the marriage, the two are interlocking to one another. You've now became attached, not just not only physically, but spiritually now. You get what I'm saying? You're cleaving. Not, not, not just physically leaving your parents' house in your lit. No, it's more than you just living together. It's about a spiritual thing that now you've now attached yourself. Yeah. Why do you think it's hard when you, when, not coming for anything like I said, but just want you to think. Why do you think it's hard to kind of get your first or other that stuff out of your mind? Why? Because it was an attachment there. Mm-hmm. It's the giving of yourself. Every time you partake of sex, you're giving of yourself. It's a giving of yourself, not just physically, but your heart. It's a spiritual matter. It's a spiritual matter. And this is why. It's for your protection. Marriage, the reason why it's created for marriage is because it's for your protection. And connection. We're supposed to connect, being intimate, learning of one another. Now, we just had this conversation last Sunday afternoon And I'm not going to get into anything specific because, again, we have children in the room. However, we were just having this conversation like, would you not marry a person because of what their connection was like? Meaning that if y'all ain't really, you know, doing, you know, you ain't really feeling how the motion of the ocean is going. Would you leave a loving relationship? And that's when we started talking about you got to learn one another. I gave that church. I'm being honest. That's why divorces are going up high, because y'all won't work. If it ain't working, let them know. Let her know. Let's all come to a common agreement. It's meant for us to learn one another. And then one person said, well, but, but you see, because you playing, here's the reason why God wants people to wait for marriage. is so that you don't have nothing else to compare it to. If you don't have anything else to compare it to, you don't know what's good or, or not. That's it. That's it. Now, as you're doing stuff, you'll figure it out as you go. Amen. But still, you don't have anything to compare it to. And here's the lie of people. The lie that the enemy wants to make you think that you're missing out on more stuff because you stayed with one person. That's the lie. Yeah. But you don't understand on the flip side of that, there's a lot of hell that come along with that too. That's that. yeah. Yeah. It's the truth. The lies to make you think, well, this thing with one person is not good, you know. You know, I've been with this person all my life. I think I'm missing out. I see a Morris Chestnut-looking dude. Or I see a Rihanna. And I want to give it a try. Well, well. 
You lying to yourself, brother. You lying to yourself, sister. You have a good thing. You don't mess up something that's good. One thing my father told me, and I, I say it to this day, you don't meet good people every day. And when you have a good person, you don't jeopardize what you have for the sake of trying to think that you're missing out on something. That has been the long, that has been the problem with man since the garden. The man thought, Adam thought, and Eve thought God was holding out on something. And they had everything. You got everything right there. You got a beautiful woman. You got a be- you got a handsome man. You got all of that right in front of you. Person that got their head on straight. Everything like that. And you going to throw it away. For what? The sake of a, 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 a couple minutes of pleasure or seconds, depending on who you are? Just being honest. Let's talk about it. I'm just saying. Let's be truthful. Here's what 1 Corinthians 7 verse 1 says. Now regarding the questions you asked in your letter. Yes, it is good to abstain from sexual relations. But here's he says, but because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. Verse 3, the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs. And here it is. And the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. So it's not all on the woman, brothers. It's both. Because I see you on social media and your podcast. It's about both. The husband fulfilled the wife and the wife fulfilled the husband. That's what a loving marriage does. Verse four, the wife gives authority over her body to her husband. And here's what the husband needs to do. And the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Paul is saying, no, don't, it ain't just a wife submitting. Husbands, you have to submit too. It is not, see, this, we got this whole submission conversation all wrong. Submission is not just about a woman submitting to the man. The man has to submit to his woman as well. And guess what? God put a higher, God put a higher level of degree on the man of submission because you got to submit to her as Christ has submitted to the church. God even holds you as a man to a higher responsibility. So let me tell you something. It ain't just about ladies you submitting to a man. If he ain't submitting to you, you don't need to submit to them. And if, if, and if and us brothers, if she ain't willing to submit to you, then that shows you that she ain't willing to submit to Christ. Because you got to follow me as I follow Christ. And if he's following Satan, you better run. I'm just telling you. The door is always open. Just, just get out of there. It's the truth. You got to follow. You got to follow. Well, let's continue. Do not deprive, there it is, each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourself more complete delete to prayer. And this is what Paul says afterward. You should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So you can't be withholding in arguments with, with one another because you give Satan the opportunity to try to tempt. Because your flesh got self, you got some self-control issues. 
People got urges. Come on. Let me help you understand something. I heard somebody tell me one time. I heard this, you know, somebody say, you know, I just pray to God to take the urges away. God is not taking urges away because those are part of your natural anatomy. What you need, your prayer is not that God needs to take them away. Your prayer should be that God sanctify them. God sanctified those urges. You know what I'm saying? All of us, you know, all of us are, are human. We're made with that, that longing. You get what I'm saying? So you have to ask God to sanctify those urges when they come. Because if you don't ask God to sanctify those urges, this is not just for married couples. This is for us who are single. Guess what? There are some nights and it feels lonely. And there's other times where there's a temptation to do certain things, watch certain things, and all of that stuff like that. And so you have to ask God to sanctify your thoughts. That's it. Because the urges is what helps you in your marital relationship. So you don't want to lose them. You want to ask God to sanctify your thoughts. Sanctify my urges so I can remain pure and holy before you. That's what it's about. It's about sanctification, asking God to sanctify. And if you're still struggling there, it's okay. Today is your day to try to put in your mind and say, hey, if I struggle with sexual sin, that's okay. I'm going to start asking God to sanctify my thoughts and sanctify my heart so I don't continue to fall in this particular area. You get what I'm saying? That's what you have to do. Because if you don't do that, you're going to keep falling to the same mysterious. All right, so ask God to sanctify your thoughts. Because again, it gets lonely. And people don't people don't address that. It's called, no, just be holy. Well, how brother, like that's easier said than done. Yeah. That's good. You got a woman, you going home too. No. I don't. <laughs> what am I supposed to do, Reverend? That's it. Best way I can tell you to how to deal with those urges is to ask God to sanctify them. Start thinking like, say, say, God, like one day I'll do that with my wife. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Ask God to sanctify it. Or my husband, I'll, the, I'll sanctify that right there. I'm feeling a little ways. That Janet Jackson song, I Feel So Lonely, is going through my head. Huh? But no, I got to sanctify that. Is this making sense to you? Yeah. Is this a real conversation? I hope yeah. you're getting it. Now, why should you wait? Number one, you should wait because waiting honors God. Why should you, this is not just with sex, waiting to get live together, waiting to get to do to do, waiting just for that person, it honors God. Now, am I telling everybody that everyone's going to be married in the room? No, because marriage is a gift. And I think sometimes we don't do a good job of that telling people in church, we're telling everybody going to get a woman, everybody going to get, that's not true. Some people are not made for a marriage. Some people are just content in their singleness and that's okay. Because guess what? God, God has companionship and all of that stuff for you, too, in right. singleness. Yeah. The other aspect of it, too, is this, that if you do desire marriage, which I know people do in the room, you know what I'm saying, that honors God. That's the way you be honorable because, number one, we have to remember, God has the ultimate say of how relationship, sex, and all that it is because he created it. That's right. That's right. The world wants to take the authority out of God and say that love is love. Let me tell you something. Love is not love. What's up everyone? I'm Leticia Hill from Transformation Christian Fellowship and I'm so excited about our children's ministry launch of TCF Kids. This is a Bible session that we are having every fourth Sunday 
February 26th, I'm going to be teaching the kids about God's love and how we can love others in celebration of Valentine's Day. And I'm so excited to meet all of your children. We're having it with children four to eight. So please bring your child four through eight to join me every fourth Sunday of the month. And again, transformation starts here. Let me tell you something. When you hear like, oh, I should be able to love whoever I want and all this stuff like that, love is not love. Because the world, the way the world views love is, is perverted. It. It's unholy. God has given you guidelines on what holiness looks like in a loving relationship. You get what I'm saying? I'm just being honest with you. The real truth is that saying about love is love and no, it is not. Because if love is love, then that means that to the one who's a pedophile, they can love whoever they want to love. Then that means to the one who has, who's dealing with safe sex attraction, they can love what, no, 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 no. There is a way that God loves. Love is not love. That's why we have to be, that's why you got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can understand what the love of God is so that your love now could be sanctified and holy. Are you get what I'm saying? Now, this is no judgment to anybody who's dealing with certain things, but it's the truth. And we don't hide from the truth, nor do we hold, hold around it. Love is not love. The, the love, the real love is understanding the love of God. And when you understand the love of God, then you understand what holy love looks like. What mean holy love? Mean love that's set apart in the holiness of God. You'll understand what that really means and live in that and walk in that. So waiting honors God, man. You honor God. The, the biggest thing is to honor your body, uh, honor, you, 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 is that you would use your, your members uh, uh, not as instruments of sin, but as instruments to God. Of righteousness to God. Number two, wait for a real commitment. Yeah. Don't be getting caught up in something that ain't real. I feel like all of us can be honest in the room and know what's real and what's not. Right. At least I would hope so. Don't be alone. You know that ain't a real commitment. You know, let me tell you something. Doesn't, most of us can kind of feel what a person's going to be like on day one. Okay or day three, or whatever. Some people can, people can mask it, but guess what? If you're really asking questions, and if you're really starting to get to know them until you can discern them, you'll figure out what they're about early. That's early, early, early. And the best thing is, don't talk to somebody when you feel in a particular way. Mm. What I mean by that, when you're feeling them urges, everything look good to you. Everything. Don't talk. Don't talk with them. Don't talk to anybody. Until you're over that. Then go and try to figure out. Because you'll be led by your flesh and not your spirit. That day the flesh was winning. And you didn't care about what they said. You just cared about how they looked. It's the truth. Wait for a real commitment. If somebody tells you, well, I feel like we should have a baby first. Because that really, they are, that's a Satan. They're lying to you. <laughs> you need to run. You get what I'm saying? I'm trying to help you. The reality of the matter is wait for a real commitment. You don't give nobody the, give nobody the, uh, the, the blessing of, of your womb or your seed for something that ain't real. It got to be real. Mary J. Blige said real love. I'm searching for real love.
Oh, you young kids don't know about that song. <laughs> Those of you, I see y'all a lot. <laughs> you know, that's when Mary was searching. She probably still is. But I'm telling you, she's waiting. I need to wait for a real commitment. Something that's real. Something that you know is of God. Something that you know is of God. Lastly, it's better to be patient than to rush. What are you rushing for? I know for women, you have clocks. I know for men, you don't. Some people just don't like being alone. I, I just know that. Like, no, nah, I don't want to be alone. I don't. Let me tell you something. Your sanctity got to be more important than your urges. Some people are in stuff right now in, 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 in your sanctity is, is that is that your sanity. I'm sorry. Your sanity is is, is, is is all over the place because you're dealing with somebody you shouldn't be dealing with. Because for the sake of, I just want to be with somebody. That's not enough. Because that, that's not going to be. Let me tell you something. People are not living with the long haul in mind. Most people are living with short term only. And they get into stuff that is, uh, get into things that are short term that don't have no longevity. Because you're living only with a short view. You don't live with the long view. And here's the reason why people mess up is because when you're dating somebody, you have to understand that that person's going to evolve. And if they don't change, can you live with it? One of the things that when my wife and I were in marriage counseling, before we got married was one of the questions were asked to us if that person if can you love them the way they are now if they do not change and if you can't answer that honestly you shouldn't be marrying them if you can't even answer that now while dating them you shouldn't even date them anymore you should call it quits and everybody that's good don't mean that they're good for you they could be nice. They could be all of that stuff, and that's great. I'm glad you know how to pick a nice person. But that don't mean that they're necessarily good or you two are a good fit. You get what I'm saying? You can't be unequally yoked. That don't mean that just being yoked to somebody who's a bad person. No, you can. Listen, I'm going to be honest. Can I tell you and let you know something? Anybody who's just a Christian don't mean that you equally yoked in that sense either. Now, I want you to be married to a believer now, but that believer may not work for you. Find somebody else. We try to, just because they're a Christian, number one, anybody say they're a Christian first, you, you need to ask some serious questions. Because everyone said, oh, I believe in God. You can believe in anybody's God. Do you believe Jesus is God? If you don't believe Jesus is God, you ain't a Christian. Shut up. You're not. But just because you are another believer don't mean that you two going to work. You know what I'm saying? You got to find something that's compatible, that are equally yoked. You know what I'm saying? And so it's better to be patient. It's better to be patient than the rushing to something in the long haul. You include a baby in it, and then you got to deal with this joker or her for the rest of your life. You know what I'm saying? It's not worth it. People are doing the opposite. The reverse. And I'm like, it, listen, I hear you, but that's, but you're putting your, you're putting too much stuff. You're putting roadblocks in your life that shouldn't be there. 
God is trying to give you this way so that you can avoid certain things. Well, Pastor, I'm, I'm afraid of picking the wrong person. I understand. That's a real thing. We don't talk about that. That's a real thing. Some people are afraid of marriage because right now we haven't seen a lot of successful marriages. But here's the thing. If you really go with God and really are discerning and really do not put, and really are discerning and you go with God, then you have to trust that the decision that you make that both will continue to work because marriage and any relationship, even a friendship is work. And if nobody's willing to work, then it's not going to last. You know what I'm saying? So the reality of the matter is, as long as you have someone who's willing to work and you're willing to work as a willing party, then you will have a relationship that, uh, that will last longevity. Marriage is not the issue. People are. I want you to understand that. Don't listen to that lie that's out here. When we get married, it's just that everything goes south. When we got no, it was already south prior to your marriage. It was already south. It's not that anyone changed. It was already like that. People think it's marriage that did it. No, it was you two. You shouldn't have been even you shouldn't even been together in the first place. And that's what we need to understand. It's not that fault. We have to look at ourselves and be honest and search our hearts and let God search our hearts. Sometimes your type is killing you. You may need to, you may need to reevaluate it. All right, I know you want the six-pack and all that stuff. You need to rethink something else. I know for us brothers, people's brothers are starting to change up their daylight. They ain't starting to want BBLs and girls now. I don't understand. Somebody clear their voice over there. <laughs> yeah, help mother glory. Help, help mother. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Listen, why can we not as a people in, God, in God's church be honest? It's time out to stop trying to play that mad stuff. We all are living a human experience. We're spiritual beings living a human experience. God is very personable. We people are trying to make him pseudo. And listen, this is I showed you every scripture in the book. There's more I didn't even get to. Song of Solomon, read it on your own time. There's a lot that's there and God speaks to it. God is not holding out anything from us. But why does God do it? It's because when you when he sets boundaries, it's to honor him. Stand your feet. This is what the, this is what God did. In the garden, he told Adam he can have everything. Everything. Just don't eat of that tree. Don't, don't do that one. Why are you so concerned about that one tree that you don't have when you got plenty of trees in the garden? Why are you so worried about that one little flaw? You got flaws too. Some people let the little knickknack stuff cause them to not go in the, oh, she don't brush her teeth in a certain way. I like it. 
That's important now. Let me tell you something. I just I said certain way. I didn't say not brushing teeth. I believe in safe breath. Amen. Amen. Hygiene is important. Because if you stink, don't expect to get nothing. I'm trying to help the saints this <laughs> morning. But what I'm trying to tell you is this. He said you can't have of that one thing. You have all of this freedom and you give up your freedom because you feel like God is withholding something because he put a boundary on it. God is not withholding sex for you. He's telling you it's, it's beautiful. It's heavenly. But do it this way and avoid, the, and avoid all the drama. Avoid it. Avoid giving up yourself to people who you know ain't going to work. Just avoid the drama. And if, okay, you slipped up, all right. I'm, listen, I'm not oblivious to going to stand up here that people ain't going to make no mistakes. What I'm trying to tell you is if you do, immediately divorce yourself from that, that entanglement and move in the place of holiness and righteousness. Am I giving you a license to know? It's just to know. It's not at all. You'll feel, that's why when you're a believer, when you do certain things outside of God, you feel that conviction like, man, you enjoyed it for that moment in there, but after it was done, it was, Jesus, I feel so bad. I feel so dirty. I feel so unclean. Why? Because that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit letting you know like, yo, you, that's not it for you. You do, this is how you do life in this, in this aspect of it. So yes, there's people who really struggle with sexual addiction and all of that. But guess what? There is nothing that God's power can't break. It's the truth. And you gotta let it be the truth in your mind that God can break anything that's in you that's not like him if you be willing and yielded to the Holy Spirit. Sex is beautiful, it's made for, it was made for you, your enjoyment. But God put a boundary on it because he knows how powerful it is. It's so, it's so powerful. It is more than physical. It's all aspect, mental, physically, and spiritually. All of that goes into it. Lord God, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this time. We thank you, oh God, for your word, oh God. Now, Lord, oh God, in this moment, while we had moments of joking and all of that stuff, this is still a serious thing, God, and I pray God help anyone who may be dealing with sexual addiction even right now. Help anyone, oh God, who may be dealing with even in their in their uh in their minds right now of any uh sexual identity crisis in the name of jesus oh god i pray god that you would help them in the name of jesus i pray god that you would sanctify them in the name of jesus christ oh god we don't condemn them oh god we ask oh god for you to sanctify them in the name of jesus oh god i pray god that your people oh god will have the discernment to see who's who and where they come from in the name of jesus oh god i'm praying right now oh god that in the name of jesus that god we would have such a holy respect and honor oh god for your for what you've created marriage in this beautiful thing called sex God we thank you in the name of Jesus oh God that you are mindful of us and we thank you oh God for your goodness a reason why you even put certain limits on certain things oh God for our own good and our protection and God we honor you today and God sanctify us in your truth sanctify us by your word today in the name of Jesus and we'll be careful to give your name the praise
in Jesus' name. If you're not saved, I want to give you Jesus, an opportunity to know who he is. I want to get you the opportunity to know who this Lord is, that he died on the cross, he was buried, and he rose again for you in the name of Jesus, and he ascended to the right hand of the Father just for you. Listen, if you don't know him, I'm telling you, you're a sinner, and you want to know who he is, because guess what? Your life is going down a path of destruction, believe it or not, no matter how good you think you're doing right now. But he came that you may not no longer be away from him, but you can draw now near to him. If you want to rededicate your life to Christ, you can rededicate your life to Christ. It is not that God withdrew from the relationship, it's that we withdrew from him. But he came, but he's still with arms open, stretched out to receive you today. If you want to partner with TCF and you want to make this crazy man your pastor, I would love to pastor you. <laughs> Amen. But I'm going to give you the truth. I'm going to give you the truth and love. But I'm more concerned about you being connected to Jesus than being connected to a church house because still at the end of the day not everybody's going who goes to church is saved and are going to see jesus and so if every eye closed every person online every person in the building all over 20 of you all on whatever platform i see on here say repeat this prayer after me say lord jesus come into my heart i acknowledge that i'm a sinner and i'm in need of a savior i ask oh god that you uh to come into my heart that you died on the cross, that you were buried, that you rose on the third day, and you ascended to the right hand of the Father. Today, I'm making you the Lord over my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer for the very first time, we would love to connect with you. If you said that prayer for the very first time and you're online, text that number on your screen and we'll show you the how and why of salvation. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you would subscribe so you can continue to be empowered by the latest message. For more information about Transformation Christian Fellowship or Pastor Brandon Hill, visit our website, transformationchristianfellowship.org, or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1, to the number 94000 or visit our website. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.